What is up, guys? You're listening to another episode of the Imperial Broadcast. I'm your host, Shamari Stewart, joined, as always, by my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Kendall, what's up? Yeah, Shamari, what's up? It's been, uh, about, it's been about two weeks since we've done the Imperial Broadcast, but uh, there's plenty to get to in the Star Wars universe this week. Um, we finally have details on Jon Favreau's uh, new live-action Star Wars show on the new Disney streaming service, uh, including a title and a description of what the show will be about. So that was obviously breaking news um, that we learned last week. And then uh, we've had three episodes of Star Wars Resistance, Shamari. So we've talked a lot about that show over the last year. Um, Now we finally have uh, real stuff to talk about we have a real review of the show uh that people have been waiting to see for a long time so we'll give that to you we'll give our opinions of how we feel about that show so i'm excited for that yes you're right kennel now um we we do have a lot um or we well we have a lot of uh important topics that i think we should get to um, and the main one being the one that you just brought up about uh, uh, the Mandalorian, uh, John Favreau. Um, so John Favreau's live action show. Um, so we have a uh, description of the show, and we have our first official picture from the show, um, which has everyone buzzing about um, who this character is um, and what you know the basis of the what the exactly um the basis of the show is going to be um now favreau uh released an image on instagram describing with a a very very brief um description of what the show is going to be about now In the description, it states, After the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. Now, so um, we ha- so basically that is a very, very... Um, rough outline of what the story is going to be about um so we have another um uh, another warrior emerges um and you know it's i think it's safe to assume that this warrior is a mandalorian um and though it's interesting that he mentions um this person uh as as they're as if they are following on the heels of Django and boba fett um, neither of whom are Mandalorians, which I think is interesting to point out. Um, but yes, but, um, you know, he's saying, he mentions Django and Boba Fett. Um, he says another warrior emerges. So I'm guessing it's going to be in the same vein of, of, you know, the same vein of warrior as Django and Boba, um, or have the same presence. Um, now, this is, you know, he makes a point of saying this before the First Order, so the First Order isn't around yet. Um, and this person's in the outer reaches of the galaxy, which we're very familiar with. 
um, at this point. I mean, Tatooine, Jakku, um, you know, it's, you know, other places that are just not in the inner rim or the mid rim uh, of the galaxy. So, um, yeah, I mean, so far this sounds like pretty. Uh, I don't know. To me, it sounds pretty standard. You know, pretty um, par for the course for. <laughs> Uh, for for at least for the start of the series, I don't know if he's gonna stay in the outer reaches of the galaxy, but we'll see. Um, and the picture looks—I'd uh, say it looks fantastic, honestly, in terms of just the costume. You know, this is get—they are putting all of their budget into this. Into yeah, this. it's not some cheap looking. This is cosplay. Not, yeah, this is not a cosplay. This is a—they put him in Mandalorian armor that would have been in the movies. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, if you put this this picture in front of me, I'm thinking, oh, so what movie is that from? Yeah, it looks like you know, it might be from Rogue One or something. Yeah, so so I was, it's extremely impressive. Um, so I'm I'm very excited to see what the show is going to look like. Uh, as for the description, I I don't know what to make of it yet, but we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, The Mandalorian. Uh, you know, my first reaction was that the report that I believe came from making Star Wars, wherever it came from the report that this show is going to be about the Mandalorians and that it would take place after episode six, uh, they were right. You know, that, that was the correct report. Um, so I wasn't overly shocked by the title or by the, the description, but at the same time, it, there's still, uh, there's still some added value when, like you said, you get the actual title of the show you get uh, an image of the of the show, and then you get an, a description that is coming straight from the creator rather than a description coming from a source that maybe worked on the project or knows somebody that worked on the project. So it's uh, it definitely feels more official now than when we last talked about what the show could possibly be about. And The Mandalorian sounds very singular. Um, uh-huh. So it suggests that the Mandalorian is going to be the main character of this show and that there is going to be one title character. We don't really know who I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's the guy that we see in the, in the picture. Um, we don't really know who he is or she is, but um, there were rumors that the guy from Wonder Woman... Don't forget his name, but um, he was one of uh, one of the soldiers that that she was with okay. was uh, was in was possibly in line to play the Mandalorian or at least to play a major role in the show. Assuming he'd probably be the main character, so that may give you an idea of where they're where they're leaning. Um, but this is a show that. Uh, is obviously going to be very exciting to watch initially. This is their first crack at a Star Wars live-action series, and from what I've seen, they haven't pulled out any... any. They haven't pulled any punches in terms of bringing out quality. You mentioned the, the suit and the set looks uh, amazing so far. Um, they've got Jon Favreau, obviously, the director, and, you know, you bring in... Uh, or a screenwriter, whatever... Fred Favreau is obviously the creator of the show, but you have uh, Dave Filoni who's going to be directing an episode. Uh, you've got 
um, Rick Famuyiwa, uh, uh, who directed Dope and almost directed The Flash, one of the eight directors that was tied to that movie. But um, he's going to be directing an episode. Taika Waititi, obviously, from Thor Ragnarok, will be directing an episode. So there's a lot of big names that are attached to this show. And so that suggests that Disney is not going to pull any punches. And that also sort of doesn't confirm, but lends more smoke to the idea that this show is going to have a an endless budget attached to it, attached to its name. It does lead you to believe that, with, you know, all the names that you just listed. Um, uh, but yeah, it's clear that they're taking this project very seriously, as they should, um, because this could make them a lot of money, and it could be, um, this could, you know, really, uh, this could really gain a lot of traction, and it could get a lot of people to uh, buy this, their streaming service. So I think that this um, is wonderful. And I can't wait to see more of what they have to show. Now, of course, it's it's uh, we should point out that you know, since this this takes place after um, the original trilogy. Now, the last we hear from the Mandalorians is in Rebels, and there's there's a lot of Mandalorians in Rebels. Some of them are, you know, uh, either Sabine's family members or people that work under Sabine's family members. Um, Others are actual uh, Imperials. They had Imperial Mandalorians uh, flying around in, you know, Imperial Mandalorian armor and jetpacks and stuff. Um, So, you know, I mean, there are Mandalorians there. I mean, there seem and there seem to be, you know, a good amount of them. The Mandalorians on, um, you know, seemingly both sides of uh, the the conflict going on in the in the galaxy at the time. So I don't, we don't know who this person is or what side they're on. I guess if they pick the side, if they even have a side, um, uh, do you know where were they? What was their role? I mean, Filoni is involved in this, so he, obviously he, Favreau knows of this, and he's you know, uh, building a story based off of everything that's come before, everything that happened in Clone Wars and in Rebels, so. Um, I'm very curious to see where exactly this show is going to go, um, with this, this lone gunfighter who is also a Mandalorian. Um, so it should be really cool to see. Now, we also have some, uh, you know, unfortunately we, we've got some more, uh, what I would consider bad news. Um, along with some drama kind of, yeah, some controversy. Yeah, some controversy going on in star wars um so we gotta talk about it so chuck wendig who is uh an author that i have a lot of respect for i think he's very talented and i liked um his aftermath trilogy um uh the first book i wasn't the biggest fan of i thought it started kind of slow but i thought it really picked up with this sequel with uh, both sequels, Life Dead, as well as uh, Empire's End. Um, and I didn't think Aftermath wasn't... The first Aftermath was... I didn't think it was without any anything good in it. I thought it had parts that were that I thought worked really well. But there were other parts that I didn't think worked well. But the other books I thought were much, much... Uh, they were much more engaging than me, personally. 
But either way, I, I think I think that he's a very you know a good talent, and um, I think that he would uh, uh, I think that he's a value to Lucasfilm Publishing. And uh, but apparently, um, and this is uh, coming from Wendig himself via Twitter, uh, he was fired from Marvel because he was working on a comic series, Shadow of Vader, um, as well as an, an as yet unannounced book. Um, but uh, he was told that you know the last few issues of that comic are not going to be written by him because he was fired. Um, so. Uh, he says that the the main reason for his firing is his um, activity, uh, his activity online, really, um, just which is a shame. But he says the main reason for his firing is, uh, yeah, basically his social media presence. It says the editor, um, uh, uh, yeah, the, the editor of uh, Star Wars comics at Marvel, uh, Mark Panicia. Uh, he basically called him and said he's fired because there was too much politics, there was too much vulgarity, and there was too much negativity. Now, if that's, you know, and, and Wendig even says in his post, he says, look, if that's how they feel, if they think that that's going to have a very negative effect on, you know, their reception, it was, look, I mean, it's a business, you know. if And, um, uh, and, you know, I do think Chuck Wendig is very, he's very vocal. He, I mean, and maybe it's just because I don't, um, you know, pay attention as much to uh, some of what, what, you know, the authors put out there on social media. I mean, he could be one of many Star Wars authors that are super vocal on social media. But I, I just, I don't know why, he, he just seems very much more present and, and and this is unfortunate, but often in a negative way in terms of people, you know, uh, talking down on him or him talking down on people who are critical of him or um, or just something in, in, along those lines. He he is very, very vocal online, it, which isn't again, is not a t- bad thing. It doesn't reflect negatively on his part. But I do think that it. um with working with a plate, a big company like big and public company like Lucasfilm, and like Marvel, when that is how that is um, how you are, there is that risk of okay, if, if I take it too far, if people are hating and the hate gets too much, and I, you know, whatever, it may lead to something bad happening like this. So it's very unfortunate. I think it's very unfortunate. Um, and I'm sad to see him go. Hopefully, he ends up writing something else uh, in the future um, with Lucasfilm Publishing. Uh, but Kenno, how do you feel about this news? Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. Um, you know, we're obviously in a day and age where all types of public figures, really all people in general, but all, especially if you're a public figure, have to be. Uh, more cognizant of what you say on social media, um, no matter what your political leaning is, no matter what your political ide- ideologies are. If you feel you can, may you can maybe feel like you are in the majority of how people feel, uh, but you still have to err on the side of caution because you never know what um, you never know what's going to get out. You never know what 
is going to be looked at as um, socially irresponsible. It may it may seem it may be socially responsible at the time, but I mean, who knows? Maybe three years from now it won't be. But um, ultimately, this just seems like a guy that this doesn't feel like a guy that got too comfortable or a guy that made a couple of bad remarks. Like James Gunn, um, well, I think obviously what James Gunn was saying was much worse than what Chuck Wendig was saying. Um, it was, it seemed like it was, it was very like few and far between. Like it was more so like jokes that he would just occasionally tell. Whereas, this seems like this is just more so like he's always kind of been a little more uh, radical on his social media. And not to say that that's, again, I mean, all people have a right to their own uh, political ideologies. But uh, for whatever reason, Marvel felt like he went a little far. And I mean, if you read some of his tweets, uh, you can make the case that maybe he did go a little far in some instances. But um I'm not convinced that this will be the last we've heard of Chuck Wendig in Star Wars. Um, I do think that this is maybe the last we've seen of Chuck Wendig with anything Marvel-related in Star Wars, but is there a chance that Del Rey and Lucasfilm don't go back to Chuck Wendig? I wouldn't count out. I wouldn't count it out. But, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I certainly hope so. Um... And another thing I just want to point out is that he he says that the main reason he was let go is because um, Marvel's giving in to the trolls, uh, and that's been the narrative yeah. for a lot of guys. You know, yeah, Dave Batista talking about James Gunn. I mean, I it, it, this it's a uh, these 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 companies don't make decisions. I mean, I'm not saying every company makes the right decision every time they let somebody go or whatever. But at the same time, they also do make calculated decisions. I don't know what made them feel like they had to let him go. But I don't think it was like, you know, oh, the trolls are becoming too much. we got to fire Chuck Wendy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I agree with you there. I definitely don't think it's... It's definitely not just that. You know, I think There was that, some pressure, obviously. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah, of course, there was pressure... Um, you know, apparently also him saying that he liked the movie, The Last Jedi, set a lot of people off for some reason. Um, now again, uh, I think that, um, uh, I mean, I like The Last Jedi, but I, you know, acknowledge that it has flaws, but I like the movie. I don't think it's a bad movie, but, you know, um, again, I, I, I think the and he, you know, pointed out that he, you know, has received a lot of harassment and threats from people, and some of the some of this stuff that I saw in reaction to aftermath was a little over the top, and some of it was straight up political, <laughs> in that you know he adds like LGBT characters in his in his books, and they're just like I don't like that. That's not Star Wars. Why is he ruining Star Wars for me, et cetera, et cetera? And it's just very just they just disagree with him on a basic political level in terms of his values, and they just want nothing to do with him. Um, now, do I think that that was um, 
now I I'm not gonna lie I, I do think that that had you know it, that had an effect on like on you know him because people were extremely vocal about how that either made them uncomfortable or seemed weird or whatever um but uh also um I I think that uh you know, so I definitely think that that had an effect. So I don't think he's, you know, being delusional or anything about that. But I also think um, now, it, I, you know, he has been very vocal in saying that, listen, I, I don't think that that I don't think that reaction is fair and right. And I think it's it's very closed minded and et cetera. And I think it's good that, you know, he was open about that. But he's been very, very vocal even since then you know and he's like i say he's very vocal on social media and i just think that you know that's it's like nowadays if you're if you're a public figure and you have a position like that you're playing with fire you know you just are and you know especially especially when you're getting hate and i know sometimes it seems like you're just giving in to the trolls if you don't you know um, you know, if you're not vocal, if you don't, you know, fight back sometimes, it, especially when you have, um, when you know you're in the right, which I think he, you know, I think he is in the right, obviously in terms yeah. of just, you know, it doesn't matter if he's including people, LGBTQ people in star Wars. I, you know, he's right about that. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, <laughs> you know like, like the trolls are wrong about that, but like, um, you know, it, when it comes to stuff like that, especially if you're in the right, it's like. Um, when it gets to a point, you say what you need to say, and then you don't have to respond anymore. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to uh, keep doing that. Now, if they fired him over, and I don't know if what the exactly what the editor said on the phone call, if they fired him over just, you know, they're saying, like, too political, and it's like, he can post political things on his, as long as he's not, like, going crazy with it. Yeah, but uh, you know, but you know, he could post like political things. On, I think he should be allowed to post political views on his uh, on whatever social media pages he has, as long as it's not crazy. As long as he's not saying, you know, you know, uh, cursing out the president or anything like that, you know, which <laughs> is kind of what he's doing. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like you, you kind of can't do that. You can't do that. You know, like you can't do that. But yeah, you. I mean, like. Because I'm trying to imagine, like, what if now nah, he's not in politics, like, right? But like, if he, I mean, he puts himself in that arena by being so vocal about it. Yeah. Then you have to be civil about it at the same time, you yeah. know? Because like, imagine yeah, exactly. if, like, someone from M- MSNBC were, were tweeting "f Trump, f Trump this, f Trump that," we'd be like, "This guy's a, a maniac." Right. You know, like, I mean, he might be right, but at the same time, it would also be like, "This guy's a little strong." Um, on his on his beliefs, right? And you know, like he also has to understand that he works for a company that we. I mean, people have their you know conspiracy theories on how Disney leans, and they may be one way or another. They may be right one way or another, but um, a company that wants to seem as neutral as possible, right? You know, they're not gonna Bob Iger isn't gonna go out there and say f the president. Because of, he doesn't like his, his his policy, you know, like that. That's that's not right. that that seems unlikely. So because of that, now if he worked for, you know, like if he were like Keith Olbermann and his job was to be the face of the resistance, like then maybe he can get away with F Trump because that's his that's his gimmick. 
But that's not what Chuck Wendig. That's not what Chuck Wendig's job is to do. His job is to write Star Star Wars comics for Marvel and novels for Lucasfilm, and you know that's not that doesn't necessarily represent what the brand wants to uh, put out there. Right. So. So yeah, I feel like this. This is something that you you kind of see the writing on the wall, a bit. Um, and I was kind of worried about this too, um, a while ago. And I very briefly met Chuck Wendig at New York Comic Con. I believe it was either last year or the year before. And you know, I told him I liked his books. And he seemed very appreciative. Seemed like a very nice guy. You know, um, it was awesome seeing him there. And I don't know. It's just it's very unfortunate that this is all happening. Um, and you know, he's a very, uh, obviously a very passionate guy and I think it shows in his writing as well. And I think it is a good thing, but I think that it also leads to, could lead to negative things happening like this. So, I mean, we'll see how this goes. Um, you know, this story will unfold. Hopefully we see more of Chuck Wendig and he doesn't just fade away, you know, um, and hopefully, at the very least, he stops receiving harassment because I think that that's unwarranted. He's gonna pull a James Gunn. He's gonna start writing for DC, man. He's <laughs> gonna start writing Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's gonna start doing Watchmen. <laughs> oh boy! All right, um, but yeah, we we really do hope that he stops receiving harassment though, because that's not cool. Um, and this is enough harassment in the Star Wars universe going on already. All right, and. So we we got some bits of news from the Lucasfilm publishing panel. Now this panel was at New York Comic Con. Um, we were not able to go to the panel because of other panels that were going on at the same time um, uh, for you know the TV shows and movies that just took precedent. They just took precedent over um, the Lucasfilm publishing panel. But we still got some headlines um, from the panel. So we have some cover art for some cool stuff that we know that we knew was coming out. Um, so we got some cover art for the uh, Star Wars. Um, so we got a cover art for the Han Solo comic, Han Solo Imperial Cadet, which I plan on getting. You know, that's that's one that's now on my list. And of course, uh, Solo's drawn like um, Alden Ehrenreich, uh, which I don't I don't mind at all honestly um at this point um so we got that we got some cover art for the star wars age of the republic comics now this is one for qui-gon jinn one for darth maul one for obi-wan kenobi and one for obi-wan kenobi um and we got a couple for star wars age of the Re age of the rebellion which has darth vader and there's one with princess leia so those are the comics that are coming out um uh, the Age of the Republic comics are going to be, be are going to be coming out soon uh, in this winter. Uh, the Age of the Rebellion should be starting next year. So we have those coming out. We got uh, Chuck Wendig's comic series Shadow of Vader was announced, um, but you know, of course, we know what happened with that, so he won't be finishing that series. But you know, what he worked on is still going to come out. And we got uh, the cover art for uh, Star Wars Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, which that's a, it shows Qui-Gon and young Obi-Wan Kenobi on the cover. Um, 
and I am I'm so excited for that book. I, I think that has a potential to be a favorite of mine. Easy, easy potential to be a favorite of mine. Um, but we'll we'll uh, see what happens with that. And we got a book announcement. So there's going to be a book called Star Wars Alphabet Squadron, and that's going to be written by Alexander Freed. Um, now I'm looking forward to this one as well. I think Freed's a very good writer. He wrote the um, uh, he wrote Battlefront Twilight Company, which I thought was very, very, very good. And he wrote, um, I believe he's the one that wrote the what the, the Rogue One novelization. Um, is either Rogue One or The Last Jedi. Either way, I liked it. <laughs> uh, but he's very, very talented. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he he can make with this book. This, this book takes place after Return of the Jedi. And it's following a group of uh, pilots, each flying a different class of starfighter. Um, and they're you know struggling to end the war, um, the Galactic Civil War, once and for all. So so I'm very much looking forward to that book. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, more Alexander Freed. And it's more Alexander Freed writing about uh, people um, in wartime scenarios, which I think, I think he just does a good job at, honestly. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this new alphabet squadron, uh, uh, book seems like it could be interesting. You know, they, they talk about rebel pilots hunting down Imperials after Endor. Um, that I'm assuming that won't like intersect with the, with, you know, the post Jakku world. Um, but even if, even if it doesn't, uh, I, I, I feel like any, I, I feel like all post episode six stories are like, have some sort of value. Um, the stories that have the least amount of value are the ones that, uh, that take place during the original trilogy because, at this point, just because we've gotten so much content, <laughs> exactly, we've gotten, you know, we know so much about it, you know that it's like I don't really need. And the the original trilogy wasn't that vast, yeah. You know, it, like you know, it really the whole point of it was yeah. that it was very contained. Yeah, it was very contained. It was a very simple concept. You, you know? know, the empire took over. Everybody. Empire like, took over. Want? The rebels got to stop them. You know, it's very simple. And I mean, just as a, a you know, as an example, I mean, we're on our second. Lando comic. I mean, which I mean, why do we need you know one? But I mean, okay, so we are on our second Lando comic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I like Lando, but I mean, I don't know. I didn't need Lando comic, but the, the comics are good. I'm not even saying they're bad. I think I like both both <laughs> the comic series. They're both good, but we didn't need them. But we got them, and we're and we're on our second. Uh, is this the second? Yeah, this is the second Han Solo comic series we've gotten. Though Solo came out, so I guess that warrants that. And if you count the Solo, um, is though is there a Solo comic series? I don't know if there is, honestly. If there, there is, a, it, if there is, then that would be three because there's this Imperial Cadet comic coming out. If it has, I don't, out. I don't believe so. Okay, I know. it's uh, a good question. I want to say that there. I want to say I know there's a Lando, there's a Donald Glover Lando comic. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, and I know that there's Lando like double or nothing. the Lando and Han book. Um, yeah. I don't know, I don't remember if there's a Han comic. I don't believe there is. Okay. So so th- this new Han comic makes two Han Solo comics. We have the Princess Leia comic that came out a while ago. We've got this Afro comic going on. You have all these different novels. You know, from Battlefront, the first Battlefront novel to the second Battlefront novel to, uh, you know, we've got uh, Lost Stars, um, uh, the uh, Heir to the, um, what was that, Heir to the, Heir to the Jedi? I forget whatever that Luke's that other the Luke Skywalker comic the novel was. I mean, there's so many. Um, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. There's there's too many. There's too many to count, honestly. Um, so all this original trilogy content, which is is I'm not saying it's bad, but it's so much that it's just you know you just crave for something <laughs> something anything outside of that era. So I agree that you know the fact that this is post Return of the Jedi is very valuable. Yeah, um, but you know, like like other than that, you know, what we talked about last topic, it's just very awkward that Chuck Wendig was just so recently announced as the author of this Vader series, and then he gets fired like a week later. It feels like, um, but. Uh, what that means for that story, I don't know. Will they use... I mean, I'm assuming that they're just going to go status quo with what Wendy wrote. We just won't see anything else of him going forward, but um, that's just awkward timing for uh, for Luke from Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, it is awkward timing. Um, you know, it's very... Uh, which, which makes me think that this was very much a... Uh, it's almost like someone told the editor, to "Look at this Twitter feed," and he just blew up and called him and fired him or something, you know? Because why would they? Why would they fire him now? Yeah, you know? for stuff that for stuff that you've been tweeting about for a long time. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. So uh, I don't know. Something's with that. So this was definitely unplanned, but I don't know. You know, I mean, what are you gonna do? Um, but yeah, either way, I'm very excited for all this stuff um, that's coming out. Um, I think that, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just really excited. I expect very good things, uh, to come from all, all of this content. Uh, the Star Wars comics have been great so far. All the ones that I've been reading have been very, very high quality stuff. Um, I think, you know, I think Afra's kind of falling off a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's still not terrible. And... Um, uh, the other comics that I've read, they're just, they're just good. <laughs> you know, they're just, they're just, uh, uh, they're just great comics. So I'm very much looking forward to all this stuff that's coming out. All right. And the last topic we've got to talk about is Star Wars Resistance. Um, now the premiere has come out. Um, there are now three episodes online that are available to watch, um, including the hour long first episode. Um, now, you know, we've been talking about resistance for, well, seems says, it seems like forever now, but it's finally come out. Um, people are forming their opinions. I liked the first episode quite a bit. Honestly, I thought it was very good. I thought it was a very solid pilot. Um, 
the second and third episode, I thought it progressively kind of went downhill and went into filler territory. But I still think it's redeemable. Uh, it's, it still doesn't it doesn't feel it doesn't seem as bad as the trailers and the featurettes made it out made it out to look. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think it, it I don't think it's as bad as the like to dislike ratio on the featurettes make it out to be. You know, it's definitely not that bad. You know, so I am I so you know I think there's I definitely think there's a silver lining. I think it's at least as good as what I've seen from Rebels season one. Um. So uh, yeah, I'm so I'm I'm on board right now. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Kaz is, uh, um, you know, he's very Ezra like, which you know we kind of expected. You know, he's very, very Ezra-like, very kind of naive, you know, doesn't really think beyond the initi- the first thought that comes into his head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like kind of the same thing, you know, honestly. Same thing, you know, he's got to grow up. Yeah, you know, he's got to grow up, you know, he's got to learn patience. It's the same stuff. So, um, Yeager is... Uh, I, I think what I like about the show is that it has, um, well, first of all, I like the, the overall aura and vibe of the show. It separates itself from both Clone Wars and Rebels. And I like the lighting as well. The yeah, Colossus it's is, very bright. It's very bright. The Colossus is a very, is a very bright place. And it's very well lit, which is different from both Rebels and Clone Wars. Um, now, and I, I like it. I think it fits. I think it works. I think it fits with the, um, uh, with the tone of the show and how they're all pilots, and how they're they're kind of trapped on that that one place that on the Colossus. But they get in their ships, they can go anywhere potentially. So I kind of like that vibe, and uh, you know, I like how the I like how the the ships move in the show. I think it's just well animated. I think it's done very well. So I like how it looks. I like the variety of different species that we see in the show. I like the characters in the show, uh, for the most part, and, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, so far, so far, I'm liking it. So far, I'm on board. I just don't like that we got. We seem to be getting more and more filler episodes, with the second and third episode being about pirates, which I'm like, okay, pirates. I mean, that can be kind of relevant, you know. And then about um, what seems to be a bunch of ragtag kids that were just, you know, being bad kids, and it's like, you know, what's his name? Uh, Kaz wanted to just kind of go along with what they were doing. And it's like, come on, you know. So, yeah, it seemed like a lesson for kids. Yeah, really. That's really what it seemed like. Um, but you know, um, you know, I thought the episode was okay, I guess, but it it seemed pointless in terms of Star the world of Star Wars. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, and I really hope they get past this Yeager, uh, you know, uh, what are you doing, Kaz? Get back to work. You know, it's like, all right, come on. Like, how how much are we going to get get this the whole season with Kaz not knowing how to be a mechanic, quote-unquote? And it's like, come on. Like, there was a lot of that in the first episode. 
Yeah. And I thought it was kind of like, all right, we get it. I kind of, it's kind of a lot in the first episode. And then they kept doing it in the second and third one. It's like, okay, come on. Like, you know, this is something that you would see in a very, in a young kid's show, you know, where they reiterate these same concepts, you know, and hammer you over the head with it. Kaz isn't a mechanic. He wants to be a spy, but he can't be a spy yet. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. So, you know, you kind of want them to get past that. But overall, I, overall, I, I'm digging it. Overall, I'm digging it. I'm on board. I'm looking forward to seeing what they have. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, for me, I think they they've got a formula that has potential, um, similar to I think how Rebels had potential in season one. Um, but I think they're far away from meeting that potential. It seems like they're gonna go the route of. You have to care about these characters. We're not going to give you characters that you care about. You're going to have to care about these characters that we give you. And they did that with Rebels. And by the, by season two, we cared about the characters on the show. So that was a credit to Filoni and um, the people that worked on Rebels. But uh, it's hard to really... That's, that's not an easy thing to do. So, I mean, a lot of cartoons do it. Because most cartoons aren't taking from, uh, aren't taking from a, a source material, but um, this one has the luxury of being able to take from a source material, and they decide they're going to give us characters that we don't really care about or know anything about. Um, and not only that, but then they're putting them in situations where we don't really care about what they're doing. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I found myself watching it and just not caring what was going to happen. You know. Because you know that this is a kid's show, so you know they're not going to die or be in any great danger. Yeah. And when they were just racing and doing stuff, and I got to outrun pirates, and, you know, like, it just seemed very juvenile. Um, not to say that this show can't pick up at some point, because Rebels certainly picked up and got darker. But right now, they're not there yet. Um, I like the Yeager character. Ironically enough, he's the oldest character in the show. So, right. you know, he, he does bring a little bit more, like, like an adult feel to the show. But mm-hmm. um, the show does miss more seriousness, I think. Because yeah. I do like, I mean, I like hearing about the resistance and stuff and it being in the sequel trilogy, but they're not really doing much with that timeline. Yeah, I do wish they were doing more, um, that they were doing more with that. And... And yeah, I mean, um, I, I I really do, you know, hope that the series uh, picks up in the later seasons. Um, not to write the season off completely already, but it, you know, it's a first season, and I don't know how many episodes there are exactly. Wait, didn't they say it was gonna be twenty two, or am I mistaken about that? Um, that was a talk. It was either twenty two or eighteen. Yeah, but they said it was gonna be quite a few. So hey, I mean, the first season could still pick up quite a bit. We've only got the first three episodes. There are theories that the uh, the bucket droid is uh, Chopper. Oh my, that's a that's kind of a dark theory. It'd be kind of wild. That'd be, be this dark. I think it's kind of dark. He's all messed up. Like, well, it's been know, a long time. Ezra's gone. <laughs> Kane is gone. Isn't that kind of though, like reassuring? Though he's not dead. I mean, I don't still, know. He's still I, I around. Guess, 
don't know. That makes me kind of sad. <laughs> but, I don't know, man. There's been some dark things on cartoons. I mean, it's a little early to do that, but, you know. Oh, also, I liked um, the, 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 uh, that, the uh, coaxium in, uh, yeah. in the third episode. That was pretty cool. That was pretty, yeah, that was pretty interesting. So, but yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, they're, so they're they're taking some things, they're doing some things, but it's not, uh, you know, it's not quite there yet in, in, in terms of uh, getting to the Clone Wars level or, you know, Rebels level even towards the later end. But they're also... Oh, yeah, what were you going to say? There are also theories that Yeager's uh, son is Finn. Uh, wait, it, so, wait, doesn't this, like, end up going into the... How, how far <laughs> is this before The Force Awakens? Well, I mean... Isn't this, like, a, didn't they say it was, like, a few months or something before yeah, The Force Yeah, a few Awakens? months before The Force Awakens. So, that theory is debunked. <laughs> I mean, unless they got some hyper-accelerating aging... Look, I mean, Yeager, can he be, like, he's, like, 50-something? 40-something? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about that, man. He didn't look that young in the in the picture. Yeah. Like, he, he didn't look like he was, like, 20. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that, man. I mean, I, I don't know. There is a theory, though, that he maybe he was taken. Maybe his family or his son was taken by the First Order. Mm. Which would be very interesting. That would be very dark. That would be very dark. I mean, it's possible. You know, I, I wouldn't put it past him. Um... I certainly wouldn't put it past the first order, and I wouldn't put it past the uh, the writers to go down, um, to go down that route eventually. And then there's also the possibility that the first order is that he's a mole for the first order, and that they're using his family as bait, or as they're they're holding they're holding his family over his head. Mm. Now that's that's getting into real conspiracy that we don't we know we know not nearly enough about the show or the character to know, but uh, just some early on things to possibly consider. Yeah, I mean we don't know who the mole is, so it could be anybody. It could be anybody. Do we know that there is a mole? Uh well, I mean not necessarily a mole, but we know there's a spy. But right. yeah, we know there's a spy on the Colossus. Yes, it could yes. be anybody. Whether it's a mole like Yeager, who is, you know, seemingly helping the resistance or associating with the resistance in some kind of way, we don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll find out as the episodes go on. But uh, overall, I thought that it was okay. You know, beginning the show just started. I thought it started on a high note, kind of went lower down as the episodes went on. But hopefully, we get we get more um, relevant episodes. Though it's hard to get your hopes up when you know this is a kids show. You just know it. You just you see it in the main character every single time he opens his mouth. <laughs> so, yeah, basically. You know, it is what it is. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the show shapes up. But all right, so that'll do it for uh, this episode of the Imperial Broadcast. Um, you know, again, you know, we know it's been a while, uh, since you've heard from us, uh, but you know, we're going to keep doing podcasts. We're going to try to do, do it every week. Um, so we're going to have more news next week. We'll have a resistance recap. Um, well, actually, I don't know if they're going to come out with another cause they dropped their first three episodes all at once on the app. So I don't know if another episode is going to be online, but if there is another episode online, 
uh, then we'll recap that for you guys, of course. Um, and, uh, of course, we'll have uh, some more news for you guys next week as well. Uh, so that'll do it for this one. I'm Shamari, and uh, joined by Kendall, and we will see you guys next time. Everything you went to, and everything you went to, and everything you went to, and everything you went to, just make the pussy with you.